welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined live with my trainer, but also former Montana Tech football player, Paul Sunquist. How are you doing today, Paul? Hey, what's up? We just had a good workout. Sunshine. Yeah. Start of the week. Pretty good. It's a great day in Billings, for sure, for yeah. sure. So, you know, my first question is usually kind of always the same, but um, what got you to fall in love with sports? I know you played all different sports all throughout high school growing up. So what got you to fall in love with sports? Nice. Um, I think just starting off as it being integrated growing up. My father, you know, he was a pretty big sport advocate. It's kind of ironic. My mom, she never was involved in sports in her life. And then she got with my dad, who was all about sports. So, you know, this combination of watching sports on TV, you know, playing with the wolf of that in the backyard, throwing the football around. I think just starting at a young age, it was always something that we just did. So then as the competition arised and as we continued to progress through rec sports and the competitive sports and the school sanctioned sports, it was just something that we always did. And I was a huge fan of not only the playing the sport itself and moving around and you know the differences from sport to sport, but also just the competitive nature that it brings and then the social interaction. I think all of that was just a big combination from an early age, just never really. For sure. So I mentioned you played multiple sports. You played football, basketball, soccer, and baseball all growing up. So what did each sport bring to the other sports? Nice. And how did they, you know, coordinate with each other? Yeah, I think, I think it's a good conversation, especially nowadays as we're seeing so many single sport athletes. You know, you can talk baseball about as mental of a game as it gets, about as technical of a game as it gets, you know, and then vice versa, you can talk football, which isn't quite on the same level from, you know, maybe a mental perspective, but it's much more of a, I guess, athletic, even though you can argue that. But, you know, a little bit more running, tackling, mm -hmm. aggressive is a good term. So I think they complement each other really well. You know, basketball has a lot of lateral movements. I played linebacker in football, which has a lot of lateral movements. Right. Using your hips in baseball from a throwing movement or from a swing in the bat, I think allows you to develop power and a football tackle. So I think just the combination movements between the two sports, but also having like a break from just one thing during an entire year or whatever it may be. You know, it was all kind of rewarding going through the basketball season when it's winter, you're inside in the gym all day, you're banging your feet on the hardwood floor, you know, every practice, it's very high, like, intensity, you're running the butt off the entire time, and then boom, you get into baseball season, which is just a little bit more casual, you're outside, you know, the weather is always a little bit nicer, a little bit more laid back, so I think just each having, like, different identities with them, I think it's kind of enjoyable, and it's never just the same thing. For sure, so you grew up in Idaho, and, um, in Idaho, their baseball is a little bit different than it is here. It will be the same here, but we, as of right now, do not have high school baseball. So what is that landscape like, you know, as a player? Yeah, so I talk about this a lot when I got to Montana. You know, I really enjoyed having the option of both high school and Legion Ball. For one, come Legion Ball, you're in the swing of things. You've already gotten, you know, 100 at-bats a little bit. So you go right into the Legion ball and you're probably seeing the ball a little bit better. You're probably, you know, a little bit more in tune on your footwork on the defensive side of things. 
the high school season came with more challenges. For one, in our neck of the woods, it was a little bit more competitive. And play super competitive Legion balls, high school kind of brought the competition. Um, but the weather, <laughs> you know, we're starting in the gym, we're, we're doing batting cages and fielding ground balls on the gym floor. So that was just a little bit more challenging. But then again, we were the Legion. Feel hot, so it was kind of a nice transition. But yeah, I'd say the similarities. You know, you play mostly the same kids from around the area. It wasn't like there was like a huge drop off. I always kind of enjoyed playing school ball more, just because the representation was right. As opposed to Legion, you know, it wasn't quite with the school, so I did kind of like just represent the school more. But you know, they both had their their Legion ball was just more. It wasn't quite as serious. It was, you know, a little bit nicer weather and everything, and you're playing better. So that was for sure. So then you've mentioned to me too that you won a North Idaho Athlete Award. So yeah. tell me about that. You know, how were you nominated for it, and what was the um, or what was your reaction when you yeah. found out you were the for recipient? Sure. So the awards the North Idaho Athlete of the Year, and it is put on by the North Idaho Hall of Fame. Banquet or actually exams organization. But basically, they separate it on size of school. So in Idaho, we are one through five. A. So my school is a 4A. So they have a 4 5A classification, and then they have a 2 3 classification. Um, and in the 4 5A, you basically have all the North Idaho schools. So you have the Port Lane schools, Coast Falls. Sandpoint, which is where I was in, and Lewiston, those are the main ones. And they just based it off of total athletic production throughout the year. So they take into consideration what sports you're participating in and then evaluate you how you do. So mine was, I got most of my recognition through football. Mm -hmm. Our team was good. You know, we were second in state. So I think that gave me a little bit higher platform to get recognized, but then taking into consideration that I played basketball as well and the um, four-year varsity started baseball too. I think all of that put together is kind of how I weaseled my way into the award. So but to answer your other question the reaction man, um, I was I was getting a letter of recommendation from my head football coach for college and I was reading his recommendation and I remember it exactly I was sitting in his office. And in his recommendation, he was just talking about, you know, obviously giving me credit and talking mm -hmm. about where I was at. And he said, in his, before he told me, he had to read it. And he said, and looked at him like, is that true? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so that was cool. We got to go to the banquet and everything and, uh, you know, dress up all nice. And it's just fun because you're around a bunch of athletes that, you know, succeeded in their in their respective sport. Uh, so it was just a cool environment. Another piece on that, uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was a really good basketball player. And she was the 4-5A female North Idaho Athlete of the Year. So out of the same school, we both represented and got the Athlete of the Year awards. And that was That's so awesome, for sure. So when during your high school career did you know that you were going to be able to play athletically in college? Yeah, that's a great question, too, man. You know, um, it wasn't until real late senior year that I kind of had to choose football as my path. When I was in school, I mean, all I wanted to do was play baseball. 
that was kind of the direction I wanted to go. That's where, at least in my opinion, I thought that I was, I separated myself amongst other people more in baseball than I did in football. So, you know, I was always just keen on playing baseball, but I didn't really do a good job of putting myself out there early in my career in baseball, which is very important, not anywhere, but in rural areas, specifically right. North Idaho, Montana. You know, you got to go to camps, you got to play Premier League, you, yeah. you kind of got to go all over the place. And I was always just doing whatever sport was in the season. So it was hard for me to kind of put all of my attention into baseball. And I didn't realize how important that was until, you know, I was trying to look at colleges and that wasn't really an option. I got a couple of JUCO invites. You know, I had some invites to, you know, one or two D3s for baseball. Um, but it wasn't until senior year that I made a football highlight. Um, one of my buddies just was like, giving me a hard time about not even doing it. So <laughs> I made a football highlight and my coach helped me send it off. And then I started getting some attraction for football. And that was when, you know, it started to get real. The Montana Tech thing happened. And it was the best option. That's awesome. So then you kind of went right into it. What made you choose Montana Tech? Yep. So that's a good question. First off, um, you know, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to, go into the big sky or into a D1 levels. And I feel like that's something that was a big realization for me because as opposed to trying just to get into a D1 level, be a walk-on or limit myself, you know, from a scholarship standpoint, I saw the benefit that I was going to get a scholarship on Montana Tech. It would make my education a little bit more affordable. So I arrive on campus and immediately, man, I was just blown away by the feel of it. Facilities. And I was like, oh, damn, this feels like, you know, small FCS football league right. at NAI, you know, like it just felt big. Um, so the campus was great. And then just taking in all factors of like what I enjoy from like a livelihood standpoint, you know, Butte's relatively cheap, price yep. of living, um, there's recreational stuff, you know, I'm a big skier and I wanted there to be some form of skiing. So I went to Discovery for five years, you know, so that was definitely heavily weighed in on my decision. And then just the academic excellence, um, you know, if you're from Montana, you kind of know that Montana Tech is held to a pretty high standard, not only engineering, which is what most people think, but just collectively as an institution, you know, the professors fully do a high standard. School is just a good school. So I think with all those considerations, um, it was uh, efficient financially. I wasn't like getting loans out. You know, I got a football scholarship, mm -hmm. and some academic scholarship. I knew the price of living wasn't insanely expensive either. So, and they were good. I should mention that. When I arrived to Tech, um, they had just gone off of winning the Frontier Conference. So, you know, they had a really successful coach, Coach Morell, who was very respected. So they were just a good solidified program too. So that all of that considered, that's what made me choose to. That's awesome. So, you know, talk about the Frontier Conference a little bit, because I think it's a really cool conference. Yeah. It's a lot of Montana. Yeah. So being an outsider, mm -hmm. what was it like to play in a conference yeah. where you were in Montana? Dude, I love the Frontier Conference, man. Like, I'm excited to come back when I'm older and decide like, to keep watching it. And the cool thing about the Frontier is it's similar to an NFL schedule in the sense that there are no guaranteed wins. Mm -hmm. You know, like, every time that you're playing, and we would always watch the scores of the other team, but no way, like, like Northern B. Carroll, I remember that happening my uh, <laughs> my sophomore year. Or you know, you're always watching the sports because literally any team really can put on a good day and they can. They can. So uh, I think the Frontier Conference is special in the sense that it's very competitive from school to school. I think it's really cool 
that there's five and 10 schools that represent it. And then, you know, the out-of-state schools are very respected. Southern Oregon, they won a national championship. Eastern Oregon is always there. College of Idaho has just been a powerhouse recently. Um, so I think it is just a good indication of small town college football. Mm -hmm. It's real high level. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't just go on unless you're a stud and just start playing. You know, it's definitely competitive. And I, I think, as you mentioned, having a lot of Montana representatives that are playing too, I think is cool. You know, you got yeah. kids from small towns that are coming and playing. And, you know, they kind of know each other. They know some of the people on the other teams, which I think is kind of fun. So it's just a fun conference. It's competitive. It's edgy. Uh, it's, it's it's a good representation of like smaller size college football. So. For sure. So what are your favorite memories of playing the track? Nice. That's a good question. <laughs> Uh, one that sticks out the most was my first game. Um, it was a Tech Carroll game in Butte. It was my first um, first start because the person in front of me had gotten injured. So I was a freshman, a redshirt freshman. And uh, we were good that year. We had a good quarterback, uh, Quinn McQuarrie. We had a really good running back, Nolan Saracini. You know, so we were definitely a good uh, team. And to be a part of that first game, and we won at home. Stands are packed. I mean, it was Tech Carroll, man. Like, there was people on the hill. It was a night game. We were wearing our copper uniforms. There was just a lot of paper around it. Um, so to be able to start the career off like that was always will be memorable. Um, so that was really fun. And then, you know, just like any athlete would give you the generic answer, just the kind of everyday little things. You know, yeah. going to meetings, ball camps, spring balls, all the stuff that when you're doing it is – kind of a pain in your butt. It takes a lot of effort, but when you really look back on it, the bus rides, you know, all those little things, they really are what you kind of cherish. You know, you don't think about scores, really. You know, I'm not sitting here like, oh, we should have beat that team, you know. Um, it's more so you think about all the practices and, and the locker room and stuff and the weights. It's kind of what you really remember the most. But yeah, that, that first game was super memorable. Um, I always remember when I got honored as a captain. Um, that's a you know something that holds true to my heart, just because that's such a work in progress. I mean, that takes time, you know, four or five years. So that's always something that I'll remember. Um, as I look back my career, yeah, man, just the little things are definitely the most enjoyable. That's awesome. So now I want to transition into what you're doing now, and we're actually at the business that you're For doing sure. now, but um. So what fueled your love and passion for physical fitness and wanting to relay that to other people? For sure. Uh, I think that started kind of similar to what I talked about with sports. I'm just always having it integrated in my day-to-day -day life. You know, I started working out at a young age, went through college, and then I got to school. And in my head, I thought health field, the medical field, you know, I want to go to grad school. And as I continued to move through my undergrad, my passion for that, decreased and I'm like I don't know if I want to go spend 70 grand for something that I'm going to have to specialize in that I don't truly have a, a general interest in you know I was more doing it because it sounded good not because I actually enjoyed it <laughs> so then I got the opportunity to work at a local gym in Butte it's called Kinetic Fitness it's still up and going it's great and that was my first step into working with other people and you know from there it's just I love human interaction and if I can relate that with something that I also love from like a fitness standpoint, like those two things together, I think that's what started it. 
and you know, I was good at, I was good at, I was good at talking to people. I was good at like relaying information that's in a general sense. I'm good at riding that fine line of motivating, but not just being that crazy drill sergeant, you know. So I think once I saw that I had a little effect for it and I enjoyed it, I was like, okay, how can I make this something that's st sta stable and you know growth oriented and I worked for the gentleman in Butte, and he offered the job out here, and I took it, and very happy I did. That's awesome. So what makes Alloy, for people that don't know, different than your average everyday gym? For sure. And the structure is going to be the biggest thing. So it being a small group facility as opposed to like a team facility or a one-on-one -on -one facility is, I think, our biggest distinction. Um, we work one to six people at a time. So that allows us to give that personal training experience. I mean, we're right there in front of you. We're working your ability level. We're meeting you at your goals. So we do allow for more of that intimate personal relationship, which helps with accountability. You just get a better experience from an exercise standpoint as opposed to being in a big class where you just kind of run around. And then um, it's a little bit more affordable than traditional one-on-one. -on -one so I think all of those things combined is gonna be the biggest distinction. But then just our philosophy behind fitness, functional strength, keep it simple, build lean athletic body tissue, burn fat mass. You know, we don't need to do 100 burpees just for the time. You know, we can do other things that are going to build a little bit more lean functional muscle mass and live a little bit more enjoyable lifestyle. So I think those kind of things together just really separate us from the generic um, studio or the generic like class. For sure. And then who's the ideal person to come to Alloy? That's a great question, man. You yeah. know, gyms oftentimes have a lot of former, you know, hunks, bodybuilders. Yeah. What's the ideal person to come to Alloy? Yeah. So I would say people that, you know, we do have a wide range, but I would say our biggest demographic is going to be, you know, young to middle-aged adults, people that don't necessarily enjoy walking into a standard gym. They might not have the knowledge of what to do or they don't have the ability to keep themselves consistent, like hold themselves accountable, maybe have a little intimidation, previous injuries, limitations. You know, I, I think people that know and understand the benefits of exercise, because that's widely known, mm -hmm. but more so don't understand how to put that to use or how to stay consistent with it is who we help us. You know, we don't have really the common, you know, they're doing ultra marathons or running Spartan races or, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds, but we do still have some very athletic, high-level fitness individuals. Um, but I'd say on the grand scheme, it's just those busy adults that are looking to sketch out two to three hours a day that they can put towards their workouts, and they need a comfortable, high-tier environment to do that. I think that's where we really can. For sure. And then for anyone that listens to this and says, I want to go sign up, I want to work out with Paul, how can they get a hold of you and how can they sign up to come to this amazing place? For sure. So the best thing you can do is just go online, Alloy Personal Training Billings, and then it'll just right there in big letters. It'll say, book your consultation. You just throw some information in there, phone number, um, email, and that'll send me a notification and I'll reach out directly to you. Or if you want to, you can give us a call at 406 296 six seven you can text that line as well um you can also shoot me an email p dot sunquist s-u-n-d-q-u-i-s-t at alloy personal training so 
any of those ways. I mean, hey, if you want to, just walk in the front door, during our training hours, you know, come see for what it is. So yeah, any of those ways to reach us is, is, is great. Awesome. Well, Paul, I want to thank you for training with me. It's been sure. awesome. And thank you for coming on and talking with me today about your playing career in Alloy. Yeah, man, we're just getting started. So I appreciate you for trusting me and seeing the benefit of it. And obviously, thanks for taking the time to, to do a quick little conversation. Of course. Have a great day. Yep. Thanks. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.